You're about to hear a message that was preached at Calvary Fellowship in Miramar, Florida. At Calvary, we exist to help people take their next step with God. And we pray that this message helps you do just that. Great to see you. My name is Pastor George. For those of you that don't know who I am, I'm the worship pastor here at Calvary. Can we give it up for the band? Come on now. You guys are blessed. I'm just letting you know right now, you guys are blessed. Anyway, um, I love our band, honestly. But hey, uh, with a room this big, filled with this many people, thanks for coming to church today, um, I want to see who I'm talking to. So how many of you have an older sibling? Raise your hand. Yes. Younger siblings unite. Yes. Okay, good. Great. Awesome. How many of you are the older sibling? Yeah. No, no, no. No, no, no woos here. No, no. No, no. All right, all right. You can put your hands down. That's too bad for you guys. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. What is it about older siblings? God has given them like some type of superpower or something to make us younger siblings do very dumb things. Very dangerous things, things that are going to get us in trouble, right? I mean, I can't tell you how many times, my brother's a lot older than I am, and how many times that guy has gotten me in trouble for things that I voluntarily did. I don't know how, like it's like he puts me under some type of spell, like, hey, do this. Okay, yes, I will, you know, no matter how much I'm going to get in trouble. For instance, uh, he used to bribe me all the time. Um, I was a little kid, I wanted money for the ice cream truck or whatnot or whatever. He's like, hey, I bet you one dollar, you can't run to the kitchen get me a big glass of water with four ice cubes, not three, not five, four ice cubes, and bring it back to me in 10 seconds. And I'm like, what? Let's go. Put the timer on. Ready? Here we go, right? He's like, go. I'm like, put the thing, come back. He's like, oh, man, you're so close. Man, hey, but I believe in you. Next time, next time. I never got that dollar, okay? But he was very hydrated, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I brought him so many cups of water, it was ridiculous, right? Another time, um, he's a, so he's a physical therapist, and he, um, he's very, he looks very different than me. He's like built, and he has muscles, and so he fills in these jackets. I don't. I'm just kind of like a clothes hanger, you know? Um, it is what it is. So uh, he, one day he comes back from college, and he's like, hey, um, I bet you $20 you can't do something. I'm like, let's go. What? I, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm always ready, right? And he's like, I bet you $20 you can't put your foot where? I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, where, what? Put your foot in a bucket of ice cold water for three minutes. And I'm like, come on. That's like, that's the easiest $20 I'm ever going to make. He's like, are you kidding me? Let's do this right now. I take off my socks, the whole thing. He gets my mom's thing, whatever. He puts the whole thing. He's like, all right, ready? I'm like, yeah. I put my foot in there. Boom. Start the timer. I'm like, all right. Whew, it's pretty cold. <laughs> I got this. I got this. Oh, that hurts. Oh, oh, is my nail falling off? I'm like, oh. I just take my foot out. I'm like, what is going on? You know, I'm like, oh, dude, that's crazy cold. That's insane. How, how much time do I have left? He's like, Two minutes and 45 seconds. <laughs> like, that was 15 seconds. I'm like, there was no way that was 15 seconds. He's like, dude, like, yeah, just try to do it. Come on. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. I'm like, think happy thoughts, George. Think of things that are warm. Uh, Hawaii, uh, a lechon, I don't know, whatever, right? <laughs> An oven. I don't know, something to keep me warm. I put my foot back in that thing. I'm just like, come on, come on, you can do it, you can do it. I mean, I'm, and it just felt like somebody was getting like an ice pick, you know, like, and just like stabbing my, it was so painful. I take my foot out. I'm like, 
I, okay, you know what? I see what's happening here. You want my foot to be amputated. That's what you're trying to do. Because I know, that's my, that's my big brother, I get it. You want me to get frostbite, and this night he's like, you're not gonna get frostbite. Like, have you ever seen like athletes? They dunk themselves into those giant things of water, right? They don't die. They have their whole body, right? And he goes, by the way, in my class today in college, I put my foot in the bucket and I lasted five minutes. And I'm just like, okay, all right, all right. But guess what? I didn't fall for it. I lost 20 bucks. I didn't do it. I'm like, I'm not going to play this game. I don't care. I don't care what, like, why would you do that? He's like, oh, it's because it's for healing and stuff like that. You know how it is nowadays. Have you seen this whole thing, the ice plunging that people are doing? Yeah, yeah right? It looks like this, right? They, they make it seem like, look, look at her. He's like, this is my happy place. I'm so calm. The world is beautiful around me. Me and my, my trough of ice. Like, that's a lie. Like, I, that there's nothing about that that's true. Even that, like, they put a little vine. Let me show you what it's like, what it's really like. That's what it's really like, <laughs> right? That's what it's like. You're like, why would you want to do this? That makes no sense. I live in South Florida for a reason. So you have to, while the rest of the, the whole entire world is frozen, we are not, right? I love that. I'm, I'm from Hialeah. I was not built for stuff like this. It's just not the way it works, okay? I, but Pastor George, there's health benefits. I don't care, okay? I can take vitamins for health. I don't need that in my life. I just don't, okay? And neither do you. You can take that off now. You can take that off now. You guys are like, please help me. Anyway, why am I talking about ice and ice baths and all that stuff? Because listen, I honestly, I, I care about you. And I, I want to try to help you avoid unnecessary pain in your life. Don't go buy a feeding trough, okay, and fill it up with 20 gallons of ice and hope that, you know, just don't do it, okay? Just don't do it. I want you to avoid unnecessary uh, pain. But here's the thing, whether we do the ice bath or not, whether it doesn't matter, we have all, if we're really serious and we're, we're truthful here, we've all experienced pain in our life. It's just unavoidable, right? There's just nothing that we can do. We've all experienced pain. Um, and sometimes it's, it, it lasts a lot longer than my little three-minute three foot thing, right? Sometimes pain is kind of like that like uninvited guest that shows up to your party and never leaves. Like, it's like, what, like how, did you, how did you find out we're getting together? Like, this is crazy, right? That's how pain is sometimes. It just lingers on and lingers on and it lingers on. And so, for us, for, for us, we have two different types of pain in our lives that we kind of experience, okay? Here's a, the, the g generic one. It's called, uh, it's just physical pain, like my foot in the, in the ice. Maybe you got a sprained ankle or whatnot. Sometimes it could be very temporary, but sometimes physical pain can last a long time, and it could be part of your everyday life. Uh, this past year, I just turned 40 years old. Uh, no, no, you don't clap for that. No, 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 we don't clap for that. No, 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 that's... It's terrible, okay? Let me tell you what I got for my 40th birthday. Lower back pain, okay? I got a new best friend. He's always there, no matter what. This week, I put that in there. I was typing out oh, my lower back pain. Well, <laughs> it's funny, right, right, right? And then guess what? I threw my back out this week. I'm not even kidding. And they're like, oh, what were you doing? Lifting up some weights, wrestling an alligator? I'm like, no. My, my, my daughter dropped a napkin on the floor. And I went like this, and I stayed right there. I didn't move. I'm just like, all right. Went to my chiropractor. He's like, look at this 40-year-old, you know? Like, so anyway, that's, sometimes that's just the way it is. Sometimes maybe you've been dealing with like a health issue and it causes some physical pain. It's normal, right? For other of us, it's not physical pain. Maybe it's emotional pain. That's the other type of pain that we experience in life. Uh, maybe you're just mentally exhausted from all the curveballs that get thrown at you in life. Maybe you watch the news and you're watching this world 
literally fall apart, and that gets to you, you know? Whether you think so or not, you're watching the news 24-7, guess what? You're, you're feeling some emotional pain. Um, that can look like depression, grief, sadness. There could be a lot of different things. Shame, the list goes on and on and on. And what's crazy is that sometimes some of us experience emotional pain, and because of that emotional pain, that causes physical pain. That's like a BOGO pain. What is that? It's weird. Buy one, get one free pain. This doesn't make any sense, right? We're so anxious. We're so fearful. We're so, there's so much heaviness. And then our body responds with even more physical pain. And here's the challenge for you, church. Is this the life God intended us to live? Absolutely not. But we're in it. We're in this limbo a lot especially if you're on social media and this and that, and you're looking at things that you don't agree with and this and that, and then you get all worked up and then your, your doctor's like, what have you been doing? You're, you're going to kill yourself. Like, this stress can kill. It's just the way it is. So if you're in a season of pain right now, let me be the very first person to tell you that I am very sorry because pain is, being in a painful situation it can be very exhausting. It can be very just, you get very uh, desperate, right? Because you're just like, how long is this going to happen? This is, you know, is this unbearable or not? But I'm just so glad that you're here in the house of the Lord. Why? Because this is the most important place. Yeah, you can clap for that. Absolutely. <laughs> this is where you have to be, okay? Um, there are people sitting right next to you that care about you, that want to pray for you, that want, that want to see you not be in pain, and a lot of times when we, get, when we have pain, we want to isolate, you know, like it just, it tricks us thinking, no, 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 I'm bigger than this, I got this. I, I don't have to bother anybody. I'm good, I'm good. No, you're not good because you weren't designed to carry the, the amount of pain and the burdens that you're carrying by yourself. So don't do it. So thank you for being here. And in our short time together, that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at how to respond to pain in our lives because guess what? People are watching you. They know you're a Christian. They know you go to church. They know you got faith, but when everything starts going haywire in your life, are you still representing Christ the same way, even when there's pain involved? And I hope for some of us the answer to that is yes, but for the other of us, for the other people in here that maybe are struggling with that, that's okay. I believe we're going to look at some, uh, some of God's word today that's going to help us respond to pain in our lives in a way that honors him and more importantly shows everybody in this world that our God is alive and well, and he is real, and our faith is real. So if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to the book of Lamentations. It's like, wow, I love that book. You're lying. Okay, you're lying. All the Bible, like you have your Bible plan, like, oh, cool, what's next? My Lamentations. Okay, we can skip that. We can go right over that, you know. Um, Lamentations is a great book. Don't get it. Listen, it's a really, really good book. It's just sometimes it's overwhelming to read because there's a lot of bad news in there. But the book of Lamentations is five chapters, okay? Today we're going to be looking at the chapter right smack dab in the middle of it, chapter three. Um, and it's a book filled with laments. Every chapter is a lament. What is a lament? I put it in your outline. Laments are poems and songs used to mourn a loss. So think about it. They would, they would write these to, more, to, to express a lot of grief, uh, at funerals, when they, the, the loss of a loved one, they would lament uh, the loss. And so the prophet Jeremiah is writing the book of, of Lamentations, and he's lamenting the loss of God's nation. Because what happens? In this very moment, the Babylonian Empire has just sieged and destroyed Jerusalem. God's holy city is gone. It's up in flames. The temple has been bankrupt of its gold. Think about that. You know, every time that Pastor Bob shows you one of those pictures of the temple, and all, it's all gold. Well, guess what? All that gold 
is gone. There are thousands of people dying. There are thousands of people being exiled and scattered. That sounds very familiar. Talk about pain. They were surrounded by it. And right smack in the middle of this book, this chapter is surrounded by pain as well. But I believe the words of Jeremiah is going to help us find hope in the middle of whatever painful situation you find yourself in. So if you're ready, we're going to open up to Lamentations chapter 3, starting in verse 1, and here it goes. I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of the Lord's wrath. He has driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than light. Indeed, he has turned his hand against me again and again all day long. He has made my skin and my flesh grow old and has broken my bones. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. He has made me dwell in darkness like those long dead. He has walled me in so I cannot escape. He has weighed me down with chains. He is not having a very good day. Let's keep going. Even when I call out and cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. He has barred my way with blocks of stone. He has made my path crooked like a bear lying in wait, like a lion in hiding. He dragged me from the path and mangled me and left me without help. He drew his bow and made me the target of his arrows. He pierced my heart with the arrows of his quiver. I became the, la the laughing stock of all of my people. They mocked me in song all day long. He has filled me with bitter herbs and given me gall to drink. And he has broken my teeth with gravel. And he has trampled me in the dust. If you pause there and give me your attention. Whew. That's only the beginning of chapter 3. Chapter 1 and 2 are delightful, by the way. <laughs> delightful. And chapter 4 and 5, whoo, even better. But hey, let, 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 can I be honest with you? I've sounded like Jeremiah. I mean, have you? This is a safe place. It's okay. So it's okay to be mad sometimes at God. You know, like I, I, I read those words and I'm like, oh man, Jeremiah's having a real moment. He's not sugarcoating anything. It's your fault. My path was straight. You're, you made it crooked. You're the one that is like, whoa, 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 chill out. Lightning, you know, like watch out. But like sometimes when we're dealing with a really painful situation that doesn't make sense, and maybe we've been dealing with it for a long time, or maybe it's fresh. It's like, no, this happens to other people, God, not me. How could you be doing this to me? That's what we sound like. But if you want to respond to pain in a godly way, the first fill in your outline that we're going to focus on and unpack is this. Take responsibility for yourself. Galatians 6 says this. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else for each one should carry their own load. We need to take responsibility for ourselves, especially when we're dealing with pain. And the only way I could explain that to you is this way. How many of you have been to New York City? Raise your hand. How many of you love New York City? I like how some hands went down. <laughs> like, you know, I love it. No, I don't know. It was kind of dirty. It was weird. Right? I love New York City. First time that I went there, um, it was for a gig. I was, I was recording and playing uh, drums for an artist um, that, that I worked on in the studio and stuff. And um, it was great because it was like all paid for. It was great. It was the best way to see New York City. And um, the first time that I went up there, I almost moved there. It was crazy. I met all these musicians. They're like, hey, so when are you moving? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe now. I don't, I don't know. But then I found out how much like a studio costs. I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. 
you know, nowhere. So anyway, I, I'm in New York City. I'm about to get to New York City, and I'm telling all my friends about this trip. I'm like, hey, so what do I do? Where do I go? What do I eat? I'm just I'm getting so excited. I'm a total tourist, you know. And then, but the thing that I was uh, looking forward to the most was going to Chinatown, you know. And people were just like, Chinatown? You're, like, you want to go to China? I'm like, yeah, because, like, I don't know. I just, I've always wanted to buy a fake Rolex, you know. It's like, cool. <laughs> I don't know, you know. It's, I heard it's, like, the spot, you know. Uh, <laughs> and then they have, like, colognes. And so maybe I can get a good deal, but, you know, we get a, a Rolex and my cologne, and, you know. And so Chinatown is a whole ecosystem. It's a whole thing. Okay, there's people with trench coats walking around just, you know. Like, and you're walking, they're just like, Louis Vuitton around the corner. And I'm just like, I'm not going anywhere with you. Like, I'm sorry, my life is worth more than the purse, you know. So I walk in, and, and here's the thing. All of my friends were just like, George, don't do it. Please, don't just, please. You're going to be disappointed. It's all fake. I'm like, I know, but it's just fun. It's cool. He's like, you're going to lose your money. You're going to get, don't do it. I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Uh, it's like telling the kid, don't touch that. Give me a break, right? So I get there. I tell the, like, the guy has these beautiful, I mean, they're beautiful watches. And I grab one. I'm just like, hey, man. This is the one right here. Like, how much do you want for this? You know, he's like, oh, forty dollars. I'm like, forty dollars? You're crazy. I'm not penny. I'm not spending forty. I'll give you twenty bucks. And he's like, I got kids to feed, man. I'm like, not selling fake Rolexes, you know. You know, you're not gonna feed anybody, right? And I'm like, hey, listen, how about this? I'll give you twenty bucks for the watch, and I'll take my favorite cologne for twenty bucks, and that's how you'll get your forty bucks. And he goes, fine. I'm like, yes. I'm doing it. I'm doing. It. I'm getting a Rolex. You know, like, hey, what time is it? It's a, uh, let me check on my Rolex over here. It's a, uh, it's, uh, you know what I mean? So I, I get the whole thing. I get in on the plane. I come back home and I notice that the watch doesn't, isn't ticking. That's fine. It's, it's probably been on display, battery. You know, it's, it happens to your watches too, you know. So I, I, I open the thing up to change the battery. It's completely empty. It's not like it's like a fake watch and it'll move and stuff. No, no, no. Like, there's nothing in the watch. It's, 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 it's hollowed out. And under the glass, it's a sticker with these little sticks. And I'm like, I can't believe this guy sold me a fake Rolex. You know, like, right? And then I get my cologne and I spray it. And oh, man. You know, like when eggnog spoils? You know, I like spicy colognes, but not that spicy. That's just rough. That's rough, right? And here's the thing. I called all my friends, and I started complaining. Like, I can't believe this guy did this to me. I spend my money, and this and that. And they're looking at me like, mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, wow. Yeah, it must, almost have been so hard. George, we told you a thousand times. Don't do it. Did you listen? No, right? <laughs> Proverbs 14 is in your outline. Look what it says. There is a way that seems right to a man. But its end is a way to death. Church, I smelled like death after that trip. I'll tell you that. It's, it's so, so nasty. Um, but here's the thing. I can't shift the blame for what happened to me. It's your fault. It, no, no, no. It's my fault. I went to Chinatown and wanted to do the whole thing. And I got myself into that situation. Jeremiah is a prophet of God. His job is to speak on behalf of God to the people of Israel, to the nation. For 40 years, he told Israel, the Babylonians are going to destroy Jerusalem. The Babylonians are coming. They're going to destroy the temple. They're going to bankrupt the temple of all its gold. Everybody's going to die. Everything is going to be in shambles. We need to do something. They're going to take God's holy city. And guess what they said? I just want to go to Chinatown. I just want my Rolex. They didn't believe him. 
You know how many people like, actually, actually took him seriously? You know how many people repented of their sin? How many people changed their way of life to try to like, you know, make sure, hey, there's red flags. God is trying to get your attention. I'm the prophet of God for a reason. Not a single soul in that city listened to a word that Jeremiah said for 40 years. And now they find themselves complaining to God for the red flags that they ignored in their life. Have you ever ignored a red flag in your life? I have. Yes, I have. Maybe it was something dealing with like your career or your boss or maybe that, that opportunity to look kind of shady, but you're, I don't know, maybe, you know, red flag, red flag, you don't see it, you take it and then you regret it, right? Or maybe it's like a health thing. Your, your doctor's like, hey, red flag, red flag. It's like, yeah, but a couple of cheeseburgers. I mean, like, come on, between friends, I'm going to be all right. Yeah, that's not good. How about ignoring relationship advice? It's so funny. When people date, they don't see any of the red flags, but everybody around them is like, run, run, right? It's like, it's like hey, no, I really think they're, like, they're the one. They're like, uh, they're not the one. Like, really? He's so cute, you know? He's like, no, 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 because he says he's a vegan, and he's eating all your steak when you're not watching. <laughs> Who lies about that? No offense, I'm, I'm just saying, just, that's a really weird thing to lie about. <laughs> I know it's really random, but here's what's not random. Church, when we ignore God's warnings and God's red flags for our lives, there are consequences. I wish I could give you better news, but there is. There, there's, there's consequences for us living our life however we want. We're living in sin and we know it, and we're just like, man, whatever, I'm good, man. You know, I'll just check in with him on Sunday. Great is your favorite. Sing a little bit, learn, and then go right back to living however I want. It doesn't work that way. Because then when we find ourselves in a situation that we put ourselves in that's very painful, what do we do? We blame him. Well, that's not fair. That's not, you, can't, you can't decide to live in sin, live however you want, ignore God, and then also get to blame him. That just, you don't have that much power, okay? You just don't. You don't. So, what if instead we would actually just take responsibility for what's going on in our lives? See, whether you put yourself in the painful situation or not, be the first person to reconcile. Be the first person to reach out to that person, to forgive, to give a second chance, to show some grace. Why in the world would I do that if they're the one that hurt me? Because that's what Jesus did for us when he hung on a tree. He didn't have to do any of that. But he took the responsibility because he loved us so much to give us a second chance to show you what it's like to forgive even when it doesn't make any sense. So when you're showing the world, hey, even though they hurt me, I'm still going to show grace. I'm still going to talk to this person. I'm still going to reach out. Even if they don't want to reach out, they don't want to reconcile, I'm still going to do my part to be an example of Christ's love to the people around me, no matter what. So we need to get rid of the sin in our life. In Romans 6, it says this, for the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's stop blaming the shit, like stop shifting the blame and stuff like that. Let's stop telling, oh, no, it's your fault. No, this happened to me because of this and that. No, 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 no. It is what it is. Let's take responsibility for ourselves and today start acknowledging God's red, like signals in our life. If you have a conviction, pay attention to it. Start walking with God instead of trying to outrun him. And maybe, maybe you just might find that peace that you've been looking for in the midst of pain. Well, it doesn't stop there. We're going to continue to read uh, Jeremiah's word. And what I want you to do is focus on his, sh there's, there's, there's a shift that happens in his, his perspective, 
his, his attitude, and we're going to read it, and it's, just, it's really refreshing, so don't miss it. It starts in verse 17. It says this, I have been deprived of peace. That doesn't sound hopeful at all, but let's keep going. I have forgotten what prosperity is, so I say my splendor is gone, and all that I had hoped from the Lord. I remember my affliction. I remember my wandering. Oh, the bitterness, the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. This is the most important word in the entire book of Lamentations. Ready? Yet. Underline it, star it, tattoo it to your back, whatever you want to do, okay? Yet. This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait on him, or I wait for him. If you pause here and give me your attention, whoa, Jeremiah just had a moment. Like, I mean, he was still like, oh, I still don't have hope. I still and then he's just like, wait, 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 what did he do? In your outline, you got to take responsibility for yourself. That's number one. Number two, you want to respond to pain in a godly way that honors him. Number two, remind yourself of God's faithfulness. It's very simple. That's exactly what he's doing. He's seen atrocities. He's seen chaos surrounding him, people dying. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. It's chaos. It's chaos. But he decides to remind himself about what he knows is true in his heart, that God is faithful, my friends. In Hebrews, it says this, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is what? Faithful. Now, how many of you go to a restaurant that you like and order the exact same thing every single time you go there? These are my people right here. Yes, yeah. Yeah, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You can raise your hand. That's right. Cool, cool, cool. Now, how many of other, other of you, others, non-God-fearing people, um, <laughs> like going to a restaurant that you've been to a thousand times and just like, I wonder what's new? And you want to just try new things all the time. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll pray for you. We'll pray for you. Pray for you. <laughs> people ask me all the time, like, like, yeah, but like, you're a foodie. Don't you like trying new things? I'm like, well, yeah, but here's the thing. When I know it's good, if it ain't broke, you ain't got to fix it. You don't have to fix it. Exactly. Right? I know I'm going to have a great time, a great experience. It's going to taste so good. You know, they're like, oh, we have specials. I'm like, I don't care because this is special to me. <laughs> okay? <laughs> I don't care about your specials. This is my dish. Leave me alone. This is old faithful. And I'm, I'm, I don't care, right? The worst thing that can happen is when you go to a new place because you got invited to like a birthday party, right? You're with a bunch of your friends, right? And you don't know what to eat, right? What do we do? We start panicking. We, especially if it's like a cheesecake factory, you're like, there's 35 pages. Like, I don't know what to eat, right? So what do, you, what do we do? What, okay, we don't want to make the wrong choice. We want to have a good experience. So we sit there, we go, hey, wait, what are you having? Yeah. That's, no, that sounds gross. What are, you, what are you having? Right? We start like interrogating, like, hey, hey uh, so what, what, you know, why? Because we want to make the right choice because it's new. We don't know what to expect. Well, guess what? Jeremiah is kind of in the new I guess restaurant, what do you want, whatever you want to call it. He's experienced something that he's never experienced before. For the very first time, a prophet of God. I mean, he's, he's struggling with his faith. He's crying out to God who speaks to him directly and hears silence for the very first time. 
That's terrible. Terrible. I mean, he's, he's probably just like just shaken up so much and he doesn't know what to do. But instead of staying right there and just letting all the troubles around him, all the pain that's surrounding him become the idol and the God in his life that we obsess about like, oh, no, everything's terrible. I have no hope. It's over. It's over. What does he do? He stops himself and he falls back on what he knows. He knows that God is faithful. See, in that part of the, of the scripture when it says, because of the Lord's great love, in the Hebrew language, there's so many ways to, to describe love. There's a bazillion words for it, right? But specifically in Lamentations, in that part, that great love is translated God's loyal love. Why is that so important? Because God made a covenant with his people. He made a promise to Israel. I mean, Jeremiah is a prophet. Jeremiah was warning people about what he's experiencing right now. It's like... You knew it was going to happen. We all love Jeremiah 29, 11. Everybody has it on, their, on, their, on a board somewhere, on a mug, on a, on a bumper sticker, right? I put it in your notes. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. They give you a future and a hope. We love this verse. We love it. But don't get this verse twisted. That is a promise for Israel for this very moment. Because he knew, God knew what was going to happen. God knows what's going to happen. And he just wants to remind you that if I say there's a future and a hope, guess what? There's a future and a hope. Because our God is faithful. And Jeremiah is remembering this moment. He's remembering the prophecy. He's remembering his faithfulness. And it brings him peace and comfort in the middle of absolute mayhem. Because he remembers that God's loyal love renews every single morning. And that's what gets him through the pain. And that's what's going to get you through the pain as well, church. If you're here today and you're, you have this pain, you're, it's unbearable. You don't know what else to pray. I'm, uh, George, I don't even know. I've been, doing, I've been dealing with this forever. Or maybe it's brand new and you're like, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like this happens to other people, not me, George. How can I be going through this? I'm going to tell you right now, remember the Lord. Remember what he's done to get you to where you are right now. And he's going to continue to do that to get you through that to tomorrow. Now, practically, what does that look like? Oh, give me, give me something, George. Give me something practical I can do. All right. I, I, I like you guys, so I'm going to share a little secret that I do, okay? It's a very spiritual thing that I do. You don't have to do it this way, but it is what it is. It's how I draw close to God. Very spiritual. Super spiritual, okay? I have an Excel spreadsheet. Why are you laughing? This is serious. <laughs> I have an Excel spreadsheet. I do. That's, like, that's so not romantic. I'm like, I know, but, but it works. And in that Excel spreadsheet, I write dates and things that God has done in my life. So I don't forget. Because if you, anybody in here are parents, you forget so many things. You, you forget about like what, what your kids used to sound like when they were two years old. Until, I, until like you go to like, you know, like, oh, like, oh, oh look at this video. Oh, they're so cute. Oh my gosh, you know, right? You forget. I never want to forget what God has done to get me here. I never do. Because I know out of anybody in this room, I am the least deserved of, deserving of his love. Because of all the mistakes that I've made, all the stuff. I mean, give me a break. I'm a hot mess. But when I open up that Excel spreadsheet, you know what happens? It saves my life over and over and over again. The days that I remember waking up thinking that I didn't want to get out of bed, 
days that I didn't, I, I was just like, I, I felt like there was nothing left for me. The Excel spreadsheet showed me how faithful God has been. It shows me his track record in my life. When I was unemployed for years, I'm so grateful that when I didn't have a plan, he had a plan. I remember getting married. I wrote that down. After being single for so long. Whew, that was rough. <laughs> right? But not only, did he, not only did I get married, but he brought this person to my life, this gorgeous human being that God has cursed her eyes. She, she doesn't know who she's married to. It's amazing. <laughs> it's incredible. I get to flaunt her all the time. I'm like, yeah, that's right, buddy. She's with me, you know? <laughs> that's what it does. See this laughter? That's what it does when you start remembering what God has done. You start refilling that tank of faith that you have so you can take one more step with them. Not a whole leap. I'm just talking about, I just need one step, God. I, need you to, I just need to know that you're with me, and you are, because, man, look what you've done, and look where I'm going. And even though it doesn't look, it's very shaky, I don't know what to do, whatever, you're going to be faithful because your faithfulness renews every single morning. Your loyal love is renewed every single morning. Amen. So, what do you do? Remember the Lord. Journal, whatever you got to do. Remember, sit there, take a, take a moment and just think about what he has done. In Psalm 77, it says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? Not a single one. He is greater than any pain any circumstance that you will ever experience in your life. But we have to remember that he is faithful. Well, let's finish off with Jeremiah. It says in Lamentations, uh, starting in verse 31, and we'll close with this. It says this, For no one is cast off by the Lord forever. Thank the Lord for that. Though he brings grief, he will show compassion. So great is his unfailing love. For he does not willingly bring affliction or grief to anyone. I mean, to crush underfoot all prisoners in the land, to deny people their rights before the Most High, to deprive them of justice. I mean, would not the Lord see such things? Who can speak and, make, and have it happen if the Lord has not decreed it? Is not from the mouth of the Most High that both calamities and good things come? I mean, so why should the living complain when they get punished for their sins? Let us examine our ways and test them. Let us return to the Lord. Let us lift up our hearts and our hands to God in heaven and say, we have sinned and rebelled. And you have not forgiven. Pause there and give me attention. Wow. So he's, he's, he's full of hope. But then right at the end, I mean, that stinger, like, hey, we're, we're crying out to God. Hey, we sinned. It's our fault. We rebelled. We want to repent you have not forgiven. It's got to be one of the saddest things I've ever read. Pain in the godly way. We talked about taking responsibility for ourselves. Number two was what? Remind ourselves of God's faithfulness. But so many Christians get stuck right there. And we don't move past that. We get stuck there and we don't do it. And here's the thing. The last thing is it's, it's an action. It's, it's a call to action. You've got to move. You've got to do something. You actually have to put in some work. I know. I'm sorry. I can't give it to you on a silver platter, okay? The last thing in your outline is this. If you want to respond to pain in a godly way, then you need to fully surrender yourself 
back to God. Fully surrender yourself back to the Lord. George, that sounds so much easier said than done. Really? Because when I think about surrendering back to the Lord, I, I, don't, I don't think of it as being easier said than done. It's actually just, it's easy. But so many times, we complicate our relationship with God. So many times we think we have to jump through all these hoops, be this perfect person, this really good goody two-shoes that tells the truth and snitches on their little sister or whatever, right? So that we can earn somehow, somehow that God can look at us and be like, oh, okay, now you deserve my love. That's not the way this works. God loves you. God loves every single one of you. And that just kind of like, like, I mean, I'm talking about he, like, he really likes you a lot, a lot. And unlike what we just read in Lamentations where they said, hey, we've sinned, we've rebelled, we want to come back to you, and he didn't forgive, that's not your reality today in this place. Because today we have the gospel. Today we have the good news that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God's only Son, came, gave his life so that you and I can be forgiven you and I can be showed grace. You and I can show what sacrificial love looks like so we can have everlasting life. That whoever should believe that Jesus rose from the dead will be forgiven. That's the good news that we have today. That's the reality. Our God is alive and well right here, right now. And he doesn't need you to jump over hoops to feel that love. He just needs you. Ready? It's easy. Believe. You either believe or you don't. It's faith. It's a free gift. You can't earn your way to heaven. I'm sorry. Whoever told you that, I'm sorry that they told you that. We have nothing that we can bring to the table because God brought it all for us. So what do you have to lose, church? Right now, you're thinking like, yeah, George, but man, you don't know my sin. You don't know my story. I don't need to know your story. He's writing your story. And you have control over what that story is going to look like. And it's all based off decisions that you make every single day of your life. So right now, what do you have to lose if you decide today to surrender all of you to the Lord Jesus Christ? What are you holding on to that's so valuable? That forgiveness and all this doesn't sound like appetizing. You know, like, no, 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 I'm cool, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. What are you going to lose? You want me to tell you? I'll tell you, I'll tell you. You're going to lose the pain that you've been holding on to that's been keeping you up at night. You're going to lose the bitterness that you have toward that person that hurts you. That's driving you crazy every single day. That's rotting you from the inside out. You're going to lose the feeling of having to do all of this and carry all of this stuff alone. You're going to lose above everything else, most, most, most important thing. You're going to lose the power of sin which leads to death in every aspect of your life. That's what you're going to lose if you decide maybe not surrender today. That's not the real question. What do I have to lose? The real question is how much are we going to gain if we surrender all of us, all of us in our entire lives to the Lord? You know what you're going to gain? Absolutely everything, church. 
absolutely everything. That life that you've been dreaming about, it's not a perfect life, this painless life. No, we can't avoid pain. But it means that people are going to wonder, like, how, how are you so calm and collected right now? That person just did this to you and you're forgiving that person? Yes. That's weird, I know. Because the world doesn't make sense. But the word makes sense. And God's truth makes sense. And if I want to be a little bit more like Jesus every single day, then I'm not going to make sense to the people around me. I'm not. I'm be going against that grain. So you know what? I, it's worth it to me. They're going to ask, where do you get your joy? Where do you get your strength? The strength, my strength comes from the Lord, whose strength, love, mercy, grace, all of that renews every single morning. So make today a day that you're going to remember and put on your Excel spreadsheet. And just surrender. Surrender your pain. Surrender the confusion, the stuff that you've been just dragging along and it's just been slowing you down from everything that God has for you. Jesus leads us to a life worth living. So make today the day that you surrender all of it to him and watch, maybe for the very first time, how faithful he really is. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much that your word is true, that we get to study a book like Lamentations. God, you, you wrote this book specifically for us to know that when we're in the middle of pain, we can still find hope in you because great is your faithfulness. Thank you, God, that every morning I wake up with a different chip on my shoulder. Thank you that I, 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 I have all these problems when I wake up. But Father, thank you that every morning you wake up and your mercies are renewed every single time. We don't deserve that type of love, God, but you choose to give it every single time. Great is your faithfulness. Lord, I pray for the people in this room right now with every eye closed and every head bowed. And, and Lord, we're dealing with some stuff, man. Like Jeremiah, we're crying out. We're, we're blaming you sometimes. And, we're, and forgive us, Father, for, just, for those real moments. But you can take it. You can take it all, Father. So right now, if your eyes are closed and your, your head's bowed, and you've been listening to me yapping, 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 where you're like, when, when am I going to go to have lunch? Okay, well, almost there, almost there. No, but maybe you've been listening to me and you're just like, man, George, I, I'm caring so much. So much. And I'm done, man. I'm done. I can't do it. I can't do it without him. Then surrender. Have that moment right now with him where you surrender that pain, that frustration, that shame, your sin. It's not worth it. Surrender all that, all that stuff that we talked about. That it's going to be worth losing because, man, I'm sorry. I'd rather have one day in the, in the house of the Lord than a billion days with me and my nonsense. So if you're here right now and you want to surrender all of that to him, you want to surrender your life, your future, everything that's been holding you back, every eye closed and every head bowed, I want to invite you to raise your hand so I can pray for you. I see your hand. I see your hands in the back. I see you in the back. Yes, I see you right here in the front. God bless you. I see you in the back. Father, I thank you for every hand that's raised right now, but more importantly for every decision and everything that, that you're doing in people's hearts right now, God. Lord, forgive us for being overwhelmed with this world and all the stuff that comes with it, Father, and not being able to see you clearly in it. God, we're, we're done. We're done trying to carry this on our own shoulders. 
We need you, Father. And we, we need your salvation right now, Father. So for those of you that raise your hand, I want you to repeat this prayer. And it's, just not, it's not this magic formula, but it's a prayer that if it's prayed in sincerity and you pray it out loud, God's going to meet you right there. And he's going to help you navigate through this painful season in your life. And we're all going to pray out loud to, to just encourage those who are making this decision right now. And let's just repeat after me. Just say, Dear God, I come before you today and I say that I'm sorry for the mistakes I've made, for the pain, for the bitterness, for the sin. I believe that Jesus gave his life so that I can have mine. And I want to walk with him all the days of my life. And we all say, amen. Can we give it up? Can we give it up? Yeah, man. Listen, if you made that decision today, please don't leave this place without checking that off on the back of your connection card. Let us know so we can send you Pastor Bob's book and help you with your first couple steps if, you, if you're new to the, the faith. And also, if you know somebody that should have been sitting right next to you today, go on YouTube, get this link, send it to somebody who's in pain right now. You never know how God can use you in their situation. So, Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If today you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. It's one of the best decisions you've ever made. And we as a church want to help you with your next steps. You see, we have a free gift we'd like to give you. And in order for you to receive that gift, all you have to do is visit mycalvary.com forward slash begin. Don't forget to tune in next week for our next podcast. God bless you.